Welcome to the American Soccer Crash Course. This is a podcast primer uh, for the United States at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Men's national team, that is. Uh, I'm Christian Lee here with Lodge Dills today. Lodge, you want to you tell, tell the pod what you're all about? Yeah. Um, lifelong soccer enjoyer. Um, played in high school and a little bit of club. Um, current beer league player. Um, so that's just a little bit about me. Washed. Washed, for sure. Definitely washed. Christian? You can't be watched if you never played. That's fair. That's something about me. Um, so I've, I've never kicked a ball in my life. Uh, that's not true. You, you, every, I mean, everyone plays soccer as a kid, but I've never actually kicked a ball in my life. Um, so I became a fan uh, of, of soccer in high school through FIFA, like I know many, many people do. Sure. Um, so I, I like became a fan in fall 2014, mm. which uh, is literally the, the worst time in terms of U.S. soccer that is like few months after their last world cup mm-hmm. so i am absolutely just busting at the seams ready for ready to get to this go. world cup <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so pumped for this world cup um yeah literally i don't think i've waited eight and a half years for anything in my life so <laughs> uh, lots of anticipation going into it um basically lodge and i got our our jerseys out here uh i'm a dortmund fan yeah that's a team in germany i'm the Bayern fan uh the one in red the better one uh so, but yeah so yeah, so basically the two rival teams in Germany, uh, that's who I root for club-wise, but uh, especially in recent years as this World Cup has been, been coming up, um, big kind of point of excitement for me has been watching these Americans play, mm-hmm. and as we're going to get to, like the big trends that have been happening in American soccer. So that's, that's kind of the way I watch soccer, mm-hmm. um, in, in addition to fantasy and a couple other things, but that's, that's something I love about soccer that... There's so many different ways you can do it. So, um, the U.S. Men's National Team Lodge. Yeah. Uh, Topic at hand. We're gonna we're gonna hit the streets soon. You and I. We're gonna we're gonna ask some hard hitting questions to uh, unsuspecting, you know, people on the street. But uh, mm-hmm. I venture to say that we, we're gonna find there's a s- severe lack of knowledge out there. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Probably more about the women's team or just international players more than the U.S. Men's team. Definitely. Right. And obviously there's big U.S. is a melting pot. You have lots of people, you know, rooting for different clubs and have different interests in other, other, uh, other teams and whatnot. Like, of course, the U.S. is actually, fun fact, like the biggest seller of tickets to the World Cup every year. Mm-hmm. The misleading fact there is it's not really about the U.S. men's national team as much right. as it is the Mexican national team and maybe even... I don't know what's next. Italy, like stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, big kind of big populations within the U.S. But uh, we are U.S. men's national team fans. That's what we're here to talk about. Right. And there is a knowledge gap out there uh, and kind of just people, people don't know much about the team. So wh- why would you think that is right off the right off the bat? It's a kind of a loaded question. Um, the The U.S. men's team definitely – there's not a lot of top knowledge about the national team, more than likely because just the lack of popularity of the sport within the United States. I mean, 
other countries, while they have smaller sports, um, soccer has always been the biggest thing, or football, as they call it. Um, but for the United States, we have basketball, we have baseball, we have football, you know, three sports, three huge sports that we've created. We have full fan bases about, although they started to branch out internationally, their homes, their home turf is definitely in the United States. Uh, soccer is the international sport. It's the one that everybody watches across the world, but not everybody... Not everybody follows it within the United States, and that's really just because of you know the other ones that are kind of taking taking the spotlight now. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. For the, I mean, I would agree, and I think that's probably the view most people take, on sure. whether you're a soccer fan or not. Uh, so, my my theory. You want to hear my theory? Let's hear. I guess you're gonna have to. I don't know yeah. if you have. Too I don't much really choice. have a choice. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think that lots of American sports, whether it be baseball, the counts two and one. Football, it's second and nine. Basketball, we're scoring almost every time down the down the you know down the court. There's kind of a sense of progress in the numbers, right? right? Mm-hmm. In soccer, that's not really the case. Right. You got on your you know ticker at the top, it's gonna have a score and it's gonna have a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe others do, but the score is not. There's not a lot on the score. Right. A lot of times it can be one to zero, and it doesn't even tell you a lot about what's happened at the yeah. game. Um, and who might who might win out or whatever it may be, well, albeit it is by far the most important thing. But so, I, in my opinion, I think that Americans watching sport that I think that's a big big kind of roadblock, if you will. It's a numbers um, thing, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- that's always been, been my what I tell myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, though, there's obviously a lot about soccer that is turns like American sports watchers off. Mm-hmm. I think on our podcast, that's not going to be something we shy away from. Probably. Like I love, I, my message would be, I love soccer. Like despite that, like some of the, the flopping or uh, bad penalty calls or wh- whatever it may be. Time wasting. Yeah. Time, time wasting is a huge one that yeah. just sometimes the best part of the soccer game is to, just to watch the first half, not at the end because it gets yeah. so ugly. But I think like, as we as we go into this podcast, it's, it's our kind of selling point is actually going to involve like, hey, that definitely exists. We're definitely aware of it, but we love this game because it is it really delivers and it's it's awesome for, for a variety yeah. of reasons. So, uh, in terms of the U, the U.S. men's national team, so say say that's baseline soccer for you know everyone in the country. That's that's where this country stands in soccer. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that people have? probably been more attracted to the the women's team and like i mean i can even think being on vacation and having like 25 family members all sitting there watching watching carly lloyd like just absolutely chip the keeper from you know have feel like i i can remember that that's like a family sports moment for me i have none of those with the u.s men's national team so yeah off the rip um i mean america likes winners who are the biggest fans that you can think of right now in american sports Boston, number one, the Yankees, New York, places like that where they have proven winning teams that consistently go out and win championships. I mean, the women are, they're attractive. They're fun to watch. Like, that's an attractive style of play. The the style of play (laughs) is definitely attractive is what I'm saying. Um, But no, they they go out and they perform. Uh, For a fact, they've had more bigger tournaments. I mean, the U.S. missed the last World Cup. We'll definitely get more into that and why. Um, But they... They're more on the main stage internationally than the U.S. men's team has, and more power to them. I mean, they, they definitely have shown out, and we definitely have not yeah. as the men's team. Yeah. And, like, 
it, it, it's nothing, nothing short of amazing for sure. Uh, but there, there's definitely a lot of reasons for optimism. Mm-hmm. I almost want to back that up. There's a ton of reasons for optimism. That's why we're making a podcast. That sounded so sad. We are here because this is a super unique, awesome moment in USA soccer, US men's soccer, that is, mm-hmm. where we're seeing things we've never seen before and reasons that to believe that we can compete with the best countries in the world mm-hmm. um, in a way that we never have before. And whether that's imminently in two months or uh, in four years when we have the 2026 World Cup, uh, there's just super encouraging signs. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to get into the people who really spurred that trend. Yeah, um, We're going to get into the, the, tre- the kind of micro trends for these players that have allowed them to succeed and work their way up the ladder mm-hmm. um, at, at some very big, big establishments within soccer. Yeah. Um, and my take, my take on the U.S. men's national team and the kind of lack of, lack of knowledge, lack of support, uh, I think it, it comes down to eyeballs. So to, to use U.S. goalie Matt Turner, he, he had a story in an interview with ESPN recently, um, and they asked him, like, how he – so he, like – as you can you can speak to the goalie the goalie here yeah uh, like America has historically done a good job of producing goalies yep um, and it's best by far yeah right best position by far right and you, you think about using your hands things yep. that things that translate with American sports right sure and so Matt Turner who's who's actually gonna be one of the older people on the team uh, was talking about like being in high school I think it was and he watched the 2010 World Cup yeah, and so he was between soccer and basketball and maybe baseball or something, mm-hmm. and getting seeing the World Cup fired his ass up, and yeah. that's what made him want to go like full soccer right. all the time. And he ended up, you know, he is where he is now. We're yeah, gonna, we're gonna talk tell you about him, yeah. but um, so like it's eyeballs. The U.S. the U.S. women have played t- since since the men's World Cup in 2014, and don't get me wrong, they they missed the damn thing, so it's completely their fault, but. The, the women have played two Olympics and two World Cups. They've won both of those World Cups. Right. I got that right. right. Um, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I know. They've won, they've won both for sure. Uh, and and the men have had no major tournament. Or I guess they played one Copa America, which that's, that's not even a, a tournament they regularly play in. So right. um, it just so happens that w- with where the U.S. is located soccer-wise, the World Cup is it. Yeah, and those games like those captivate the nation. They got everyone's attention. We got a game on Black Friday against England. That's a big like. One. It's going to be huge. There's there's only going to be a little bit of football on. Like, like this is the time that they got to capture kind of the hearts and minds, if you will, mm-hmm. of of Americans. And uh, it's kind of kind of TBD. It's up to them. Yeah, this year. So um, this this is a great opportunity and a real coming out party. And uh, we're going to be here to kind of kind of fill in the blanks for you on, on everything else this team's been doing for the last eight years. Yeah. Hopefully be a little bit of a guide while we kind of progress and just get ready for this World Cup. I mean, me personally, I'm very excited. I've been waiting for this for, I mean, how long now? Eight years? Yeah, eight, eight, years? eight, eight and a half. Because yeah. as we will get to, FIFA sold the World Cup to Qatar and we're playing it in the fall, which sucks. But Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a story for another podcast yeah, episode, yeah. but we'll yeah. get there. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, as we touched on, we're gonna fill in blanks. But the point here is not at all to, to like educate like 
especially as we talk about <laughs> the men's team versus the women's team. Mm-hmm. There's not some great injustice. Uh, we are just here to really enhance. Yeah. And we, we want to enhance the experience of everyone watching. Mm-hmm. Now, some of you may be sitting going, yeah, well, I'm a casual fan. Like, I'm going to turn, turn the TV on and tune in for those games. Right. And I don't need to know exactly what, what goes on. Well, here's what I tell you. John Strong, who's the lead announcer at Fox for all these games, mm-hmm. he's all right. He's, but this is a really good quote that he had. Okay. Um, he said he referred to the World Cup as the greatest collective experience you can have, like the greatest collective human experience that we all have. Yeah. That, that kind of collective. You sit back and that, that's kind of a ridiculous statement, mm-hmm. but then you like run the numbers. World Wars. I mean, that's that's no good. <laughs> um, like, like what else? The Olympics. Okay, it's like between that and the Olympics. I don't. I, there's pandemic n- maybe. Pand- I mean, pandemic brought everybody together. Also, not great. Yeah. Um, like, on a very fundamental level, there's not a whole lot the whole world gets in on. Right. And the World Cup is awesome. It's literally like a party for a whole month. It mm-hmm. is just fantastic. It's once every four years. It's yeah. worth. Let me tell you, it is worth going all out for. I just moved from Eastern time to Central time. That means I'm going to have to wake up at like 4 a.m. for, for games or whatever. <laughs> but but um, it, it's worth it. It is such a fantastic tournament and event. I think it is the pinnacle of sports. Yeah. Um, there, there, I, I watch all kinds of sports. I'm not just a soccer homer, but it, it really is fantastic. Um, and on the subject of enhancement, like you look at – like Netflix Drive to Survive, right? Lots of you seen Drive to Survive. I am, I'm, yeah, I'm well, well acquainted. You're well versed. Yeah. So, g- granted, caveat: it is kind of like reality TV. That's part of the appeal. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But on like a fundamental level, you watch F1. If you watched F1 without Drive to Survive, well, like, like, what would you? I think? mean, it's like the American equivalent of NASCAR. So they're making a left turn. They're making another turn. Like it's kind of just like. Oh, they're driving super fast. You don't understand the little nuances of people passing people, right. the rivalries, everything that goes along with yeah. it. You don't understand like the why behind, you know, somebody just crashes into somebody and you don't understand like, oh, there was a lot building up to that. You yeah. know, the, the show definitely enhances that. And I think that's part of what we're trying to do here is just kind of build in that knowledge base. So when you see something on those games that we're talking about, Black Friday, you're, you understand the why behind it and you understand, you know, why England is going to be one of the biggest games for us, why we're going to absolutely go bonkers when we beat them. It's <laughs> exactly. going to be great. Exactly. Get the propaganda now. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, and like, I mean, I, I, Drive to Survive does a fantastic job of making it look like everyone hates each other's guts. But, uh, yeah. but like, we're, we're going to try and paint the picture for you along the way about, like, these dudes on the team and, like, why, why we like them. Like, I think this is an incredibly likable team. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the youngest team at the World Cup by yeah. a full – two years i believe i believe the average age is somewhere around like 23 24 which is just just crazy and you you think about that in terms of a world cup at home coming in 2026 yeah like it's it's exciting it's very exciting so uh yeah Mm -hmm. um so in terms of soccer and being a casual fan and bridging the gap between the casual fan and the diehard like i very much was a not even casual soccer fan, like knew absolutely nothing. I, it was like pulling teeth getting me to even watch the last World Cup, to be totally honest with you. I don't, sure. even, I don't even think I watched a ton of it. Uh, but like getting into FIFA, which sounds kind of stupid, but like that, I don't even, I haven't played FIFA in a couple of years now. Oh, yeah. I quit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an addiction. It was a labor of love out. for you. I had to get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like personally, 
I mean, and you play, so like that, that's probably a more logical entry point, but like yeah. getting to know players, getting to know like countries and their, uh, and their, their like their cultures and how they play and things mm-hmm. like that, that took the game from a- absolutely nothing paint on a, you know, watch them paint dry kind of thing yeah. to like one of my favorite, favorite sports, probably my favorite sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like, again, what we're hoping to do here, but not only just like the U S men's national team, but also soccer, which as we discussed, uh, hasn't exactly caught on, but is very much on the rise in the U S hundred percent. Yeah. Um, a little more point about FIFA. They do a fantastic job like other uh, games that you play, like Madden Ultimate Team or like NBA 2K, you know, where you have the my teams. That's the way that I learned all the different players in all the different leagues was really just making those teams, doing, um, getting players and being like, oh, this guy's from this country. He yeah. plays for this team. That's how I got well acquainted. Now, whenever I watch a game, like I, I kind of know the history of the players because I've been yep. playing the game since like seven, eight years ago. Yeah. So I can say like, oh, he's transferred from here and now he's gone here. Um, different countries different play styles. Um, you see the player progression. I mean, like, you know, an 84 to an 87, you're like, wow, that guy really stepped it up this year. It's pretty cool to see that progression from year to year. Definitely. All right. So how this podcast is going to break down and work. Lodge and I have a starting 11. It looks pretty similar. I believe. I, I hope so. And, and at the very least, we're going to, we're going to break things down by a rough starting 11. Mm-hmm. We're going to introduce you to these guys and get you acquainted with who the U S should field against Wales on November 21st mm-hmm. at 2 p.m. Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to tell you like a little bit about their stories. There's a lot of different backgrounds on this team mm-hmm. um, and about their careers, which happen largely outside of the scope of the national team. Um, as I told you before, this is objectively the most exciting moment in U.S. soccer history. Mm-hmm. I, think, I don't even think that's uh, – I should say long-term health of the program moment. Definitely. Like Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. Yeah, we just – Got our ass beat by Marshall, but we're healthy. We're healthy. Um, like I said, youngest team at the World Cup, mm-hmm. tons of talent, um, and pretty soon, like the World Cup is going to be coming to sit, sitting near you. I mean, yeah. we have four years, but it's it's coming. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is that we know that these guys can play with the best of them. I mean, they're over in those leagues now. Um, for the past couple, I mean, for the, every World Cup. Before this, it was pretty much we would bring guys from the MLS, which is the U.S. U.S. soccer league, and they would just be. We have no idea how this team's going to perform on an yeah. international level. And it was gritty. It was gritty. It was gritty. There was a lot of grit behind those teams. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, that that's something that's different. That's something that we're going to dive deep into, and like going hand in hand with that. I think one thing that I find super cool about these t- this team is there are a lot of kids who have like. I can only be so dramatic about this, but sacrifice like a lot to mm-hmm. really like forward U.S. soccer right. and, and, and their careers. But but things that normal kids like us are not are not risks that we're not taking. A hundred percent. So that that's going to be cool to to really dive into on an individual basis because there are some super cool stories out there. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, the, the Christian Pulisic episode is I, I, I can't wait to go over yeah. that because. Uh, just you know, maybe polarizing at times, but just absolutely like, in my opinion, a legend for what he did for American soccer. So yeah. that that episode is going to come up in a little bit, and I, I can't wait for that. Um, so in addition to these eleven players that we're going to field, uh, we've come up with topics and like basically trends associated with these with these guys that we're gonna we're gonna pair together in our episodes. Mm-hmm. So 
for example, a big thing has been dual national recruiting. We're going to highlight one of our best dual national players that will start. Things like that. That the, These topics and these players, these bios and these trends will really be hand-in-hand hand in our episodes. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to, to really exploring those through the lens of the specific starters. Um, additionally, we're going to really bring you through this soccer season. we got two months until the start of the World Cup. Uh, this week, as we are releasing this, the U.S. men's national team is, are playing their two final friendly games, basically right. warm-up games for the World Cup. Um, and so we're going to see them in action, and then they're going to get a lead-up of club games uh, before they before they head out to battle in Qatar. So Ship off to camp, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, our structure of our episodes is going to be specifically designed so that we get you watching these Americans and some of their best games, some of the most highlight games around soccer that uh, you know really can display the best parts of what it's about. Uh, and we're hope- we're super excited to deliver it in this format and kind of tie these tie these trends together. Um, yeah, we, we we ultimately hope hope any prospective audience likes it. So yeah. Um, so Lodge, uh, one thing we want to track over the course of this this time. We're going to do a deep dive into all these dudes based on a lineup. But ultimately that, like, things change. My, my favorite player, Marco Royce, mm-hmm. uh, in 2014, he was supposed to be one of the best players on Germany. He, like, tore his ACL, like, a month before. Misses the World Cup. Tragic. Super brutal. There's no, we'll get him next year. Like, it's, yeah. it's just, it's brutal. And so that, that kind of thing is, I mean, 26 dudes that we're looking to take to Qatar – it might happen to somebody. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully it's not an ACL. Hopefully it's something a lot less. But um, bottom line is you and I have what we think this first game against Wales is going to look like. Or we hope it looks like at least. Exactly. And <laughs> uh, tracking what happens over the next couple months, whether that be injuries, mm-hmm. whether that be guys really breaking out mm-hmm. um, with their clubs and making a name for themselves, or even uh, most importantly – right now how they're going to perform in these next couple these last couple of games before before we go to the world cup right yeah i mean these ones are crucial definitely for those fringe guys it's like for the u.s basketball team you know those guys would go into camp with 40 guys and they would come out with 10 it's not as aggressive as that definitely but you have some guys in that where you don't know if you're going to get a roster spot and you're really playing for it in these past two in these last two games so it'll be interesting to see how they perform definitely for sure and we'll be we'll be keeping track of those you know, the last man in kind of thing on the 26 man um, as well. It's kind of really highlighting for you the the bulk of, of what you need to know in the form of those starters. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to give you our lineups against Wales. So they probably don't mean a ton to you if you're who we're trying to target. But yeah. <laughs> uh, ultimately, ultimately, we're going to go through them, have this baseline in our intro episode, and then kind of just – Chop and change as we go through the year. So, Lodge, why don't you give it a rip? What's your lineup look like? Sure. So, I'm going to preface this. This is the team that I want that I think is still realistic. I think that um, Greg, Greg Berhalter, the manager of the U.S. men's national team, he has a different philosophy than I. However, I think that we can definitely meld them together and come out with a pretty good squad. Um, but just to start off, um, I'll go from the back. So, goalkeeper first. I'm probably going to say Matt Turner is going to start. I think I think probably over. Um, oh 
God, my name is escaping me. Zach, Zach Steffen. Yeah. Yeah. Zach Steffen. I would, I would agree with that. I would agree. Yeah. Um, left back, a Jedi, Anthony Robinson. Um, Walker Zimmerman and Chris Richards as the center back pairing. And then the right pack, uh, right back, Serginio Dest. I think he's pretty much got that one on lock. I In agreement. He, I don't think you can really argue with that. Uh, the midfield, where I think probably you and I are going to start to defer. Tyler Adams, Eunice Musa, and Weston McKinney. That sounds good to me. I think I like that. I like it too. <laughs> I like it too. I think those are three guys that can definitely give us the best chance to succeed. And up top, um, Kristen Pulisic, obviously, definitely going to start. And you, um, you, if you're listening to this, you actually probably know who that guy is. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first one, definitely. Uh, that one's a no brainer. But then Tim Weah, Timothy Weah, um, out of the French League. And then probably. At up top is the number nine, the striker, the main man. Pifak. I think I'm going to go Pifak. I think he's been performing well, and I think he's probably going to get the nod. I think maybe it'll change. It probably will, and I'll probably be wrong and eating my words in a couple months here, but I'm going to say Pifak to start. Christian? Uh, so, you know, I can't say I'm too disappointed. I have the exact same lineup to, as you down to the last man uh, starting at right wing. I do like Pifak as well. We're going to get into a big theme with the U.S. men's national team is who can actually put the ball in the net, which is the biggest part of soccer, really, yeah. and, and a huge point of contention right now. Um, and so I agree that I think P. Fox should be the guy to put the ball in the back in the net. Um, however, he doesn't he doesn't move well necessarily. So I'm going to get in place of Tim Weah, as you said, Brendan Aronson, who who moves very well. He's, he's from New Jersey, and he... he he just looks very energized. Like he's got that East coast energy to him. Yeah. Um, he's got that, uh, first man in last man out mentality. You know, yeah. he's, he's a, he's a real coach's son. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He, he's gritty as he's all. A grinder. Um, so yeah, that's all we got for our, for our intro episode. Just wanted to kind of break down what this pod's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, we're super excited to bring it to you, uh, th- through this, through this little decoration set together. And, Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're kind of impressed with ourselves a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> so looking forward to, to delivering this pod over the next couple months, two months to guitar. Um, and we should be back with an episode in a few days on coach Greg Berhalter. Um, finally, last little component of our show. The name is the American soccer crash course. Lodge, you ever, you ever do like watch the crash course videos at school? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, super getting effective. through all the AP World, AP US history, yeah. just to survive with those classes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> super effective. That's kind of kind of like something we're going off of. But uh, in the form of these games we mentioned, we'll give like quote unquote homework mm-hmm. um, that you can like check out or uh, whatnot. So it's syllabus week, baby. We <laughs> 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 hit, the, hit the bars. Um, yeah, we uh, we got nothing for you this week, but. Hopefully when our episode drops Thursday on Coach Greg Berhalter, um, as well as the role of the manager in mm-hmm. international soccer, uh, we should be able to, to point you to some cool stuff. So, so yeah, that's all we got for you today. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>